Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Do you know it's officially the first day of summer today? How about that? The longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. Oh, do I love summer. And by the way, you should hear me whine six months from now in deep winter. Oh, I can't handle the darkness. But with it being officially the start of summer, a lot of people are renting cars and I'm going to give you strategies for saving money. I'm also going to talk about how you can do it if you're under 25, because the car rental companies generally want nothing to do with you if you're under 25. There's actually a strategy that in some cases could help you avoid all the under 25 junk fees. And later, something you do not want to avoid as a homeowner, insurance natural disasters, the cost to rebuild. Wow, it's really affecting the cost of insurance for your home all across America. We're going to talk about that. So ugly, ugly reports as travel has zoomed over the last six weeks of people showing up at the car rental counter and them saying, oh, we don't know you. You don't have a reservation. Who are you? What are you talking about? Rather than just fessing up, they're out of cars. I don't know if I mentioned that when I was in Southern California two trips ago, we show up at the rental place and I have memberships and all the car rental programs designed so I skip the counter, which is really, really valuable. I want to explain in a second about joining those programs. So I go straight to the lot. And I'm looking at this giant lot. I mean, just a massive lot that would normally have rental cars in it. There were two, two cars. That was it. And so I said, well, it's your lucky day that you're express check-in. So which of the two do you want? (laughs) So I ended up with a Toyota Camry and we were good. But as we were driving away, my wife Lane and I were talking about what about all those people that we passed inside? And this is something you should know about. I was in Phoenix four weeks ago and I get to the car rental center there, express again, I'm out in the lot and then another car rental brand I see this line of people that is about 60 people long. And I said to my son, Grant, I said, do you know what's going on there? And he was like, no. I said, they had all these people booked for reservations. They show up. There's no 
cars and they're just stuck. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what very frequent flyers are doing in a second, but I want to tell you what you can do even if you don't travel a lot. All the car rental companies have these express rental programs and they are free to join. You register your driver's license number, the credit card you're going to use to pay for the rental, your preferences, all this stuff. Then when you book your car, even if you book through a third-party site, like I usually book my car rentals through Costco Travel because their car rentals offer you a free second driver so you don't have to pay the second driver junk fee and their rates are usually better than you can find elsewhere. Not always. I always comparison shop, but I'd say probably two-thirds of the time I book my car rentals through Costco Travel. So then after I booked, I then have my confirmation number, my Costco travel confirmation, then I have the actual rental car company confirmation. I go to the rental car company website, saying this would be true booking at any third-party website. I go to the car rental site, put in my confirmation number, first name, last name, pulls up my reservation. I add my express number there, whatever each car rental company calls it. Hertz calls it number one club. Avis calls it wizard, I guess. They all have these names for them. And so I then go and I add my number there. And usually I can do express check-in where you completely bypass the counters and you go straight to the lot, which gets you to the front of the line, not the back of the line with all the people that are waiting when they're out of cars you're going to move to the front of that at almost every airport, every situation. I said almost because I know somebody will say, well, I'm a member of this, that, or the other, and it didn't get me the car any quicker, but usually it will help. Now, the thing that very frequent travelers are doing right now that is just because of all the stories running on the frequent flyer message boards is they're booking with multiple car rental companies, and that only increases the predictability problem for the car rental companies of how many people are showing up. and But it is a defensive thing that's happened because the car rental companies are booking far more people for car rentals than they actually have car rentals available. And so it is a hazard that people are facing. Now, I've actually been in a situation where I showed up and there were no car rentals, and I've had to take uber and lyft for a day till i was able to get a car and that's kind of a pain but i've had to do that before Uh, quickly with people who are under 25 traditionally you have not been a wanted customer but i wanted to tell you that hertz is doing a deal right now that you can enroll in we have the enrollment link at clark.com where you can enroll as a recent college graduate, and they will waive the under 25 junk fees for college graduates, for Just recent hope you don't college get arrested graduates. While you rent their car. Oh, there have been the terrible, terrible, terrible scandals involving Hertz where they're so messed up at the back end. They've been having hundreds of people have been arrested around the country. People have been locked up, they now have criminal records. Because Hertz mistakenly thought they stole a car they've returned. 
terrible, terrible problem warrants for people's arrest. Um, the CEO of Hertz recently apologized for this, and it was a real apology, not a non-apology apology. But the fact is the damage has been done, and I hope that Hertz gets his act together on that. Um, the other thing is if you're a USAA member and you're under 25, USAA has a special program with budget car rental that works in most of the country that allows you to rent a car from uh, under 25 without paying any of the huge under 25 junk fees like the Hertz thing they're doing for young drivers. Krista? All right, let's get to some questions. I do have a couple of travel ones. Robin in Minnesota says, I plan to travel from Minneapolis to Milan next year. What would you suggest seating options for a passenger who has sciatica? First class, preferred. I want to get the best option without having to pay a fortune. Yeah, the premium economy is the compromise that a lot of people use that if you have a, a medical issue like you've got with sciatica, that premium economy costs, uh, obviously, significantly more than coach, but much, much less than uh, what overseas is now. There's really very few flights that have uh, first class anymore. They have business class with a lie flat bed. The premium economy is usually going to be a real premium economy. It's going to be a better seat than domestic first class that you might see when you're walking through a cabin on a flight in the United States. And also, the mileage redemptions, if you have a lot of frequent flyer points, the mileage redemption that you would have for going um, premium economy is substantially less than it is for business class. One thing in particular, you mentioned that you're going to Milan. I wanted to tell you about Milan, that there are much lower fares out of New York to Milan than any other airport in the United States, almost always. Milan has a unique situation out of New York. Something that American United and Delta hate is it has a fifth freedom flight from Emirates. I'm not going to get into all the technicalities of fifth freedom, but they're allowed to fly passengers from New York to Milan, buy fuel there and go on. And so Emirates has really uh, taken a huge, has had a huge impact on what the airfares are from New York to Milan versus most anywhere else. And so it's good to look from New York. You won't necessarily be flying on Emirates. You'll just benefit from the lower fares that they have brought into that market. So you can fly from Minneapolis to New York really pretty inexpensively, and then the flight from New York to Milan, and you might save a lot of money doing that as two tickets. This is from Cheryl in Mississippi. My husband and I are traveling to Barcelona in September to take a Western Mediterranean cruise, and we'll be in Barcelona for three days. It's our first European cruise. Does Clark have any suggestions for hop-on bus tours? Like, should we get a package that includes tickets for specific stops? And also, where is the most economical place to buy euros? Thank you. It feels great to be traveling. Okay, so Barcelona is a fantastic walking city. If walking all around is more than you are comfortable doing, there is a hop-on, hop-off bus service. As I remember, I think it was 30 euro a day for it, but you could find that pretty easily 
looking online, looking on TripAdvisor, and you can look at the top things to do in Barcelona, and it will certainly be one of the things that will be on there, on the TripAdvisor Barcelona City Guide, essentially what it is. As for Euro, you want to use your ATM card to get Euros. This is true for anywhere you go in Europe. You want to make sure that the ATM card you use is fee-free to use an ATM, really important, and that they don't charge you at your financial institution any foreign currency junk fees when you get ATMs out. But you get a much, much better rate when you get get euros out of an ATM than if you go exchange at a bank or one of those money-changing things in the airport. And one place you should never, 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 not ever change money from U.S. dollars to any foreign currency is in any American airport unless you just hate your money and you want to throw it away. The exchange rates that you get in an international terminal as you get ready to depart to Europe, Asia, South America, whatever, the exchange rates you get in a U.S. airport are the world's worst So you wait till you get to your destination and get those euros. Now, in Barcelona, you're going to find almost everywhere you go, they'll take your credit cards. Even you go to an inexpensive place to eat. Almost always, they take credit cards. So it's important before you get to Barcelona that you check which of your credit cards does not charge foreign currency junk fees. And you've got plenty of time between now and September that if you don't have a credit card that waives foreign currency junk fees, that you get a card that does so that you don't waste that money on your trip. And have a great, great time. Love Barcelona. And make sure you tell your bank that you're going to be going and taking out money from that country, from the ATM, because we've had some people on the staff that forgot to do that in the past and they couldn't get any money. And your credit cards, you know, you have well, to Well, it's funny because I use Charles Schwab because they're... There's unlimited ATM withdrawals, Mm -hmm. fee-free. I do too. But inevitably with Schwab, doesn't matter if I put in a travel alert, they still decline my first time I try to use an ATM overseas. And the beauty with Schwab is you just call them collect from anywhere in the world. They accept the call and they verify you're really overseas. And then they go ahead and approve you using ATMs during the time. I don't know why they have you do the travel alerts since they don't seem to pay any attention to them at Schwab. You know, Chuck, you could fix that. You know, there you are in that beautiful home on the big island of Hawaii. Remember that home mm-hmm. of his? Woo. We knew someone who lived in the neighborhood. We yeah, we got to him. see it when we were on a staff trip. <laughs> yeah, we were not and stalking you, Charles Chuck, Schwab. Chuck Schwab, I mean, man. Saving people money on investment sure made them a lot of money. That is one of the most beautiful settings, his home, I've ever seen in my life. Oh, well. So what do you have to do if you live like he does? You got to worry about storms, right? Mm -hmm. You got to protect that big investment. Volcanoes. Oh, volcanoes. Didn't even think about that. Because there's a big volcano on the big island where he is. It's active. Anyway, we're going to talk straight ahead about what's involved today with insuring your home. What are the things you got to know? How are you going to protect that wallet of yours? Buying homeowner's insurance is 
really not for the faint of heart anymore. There's such a change in the market where when companies used to sell homeowners insurance, it was comprehensive. You bought a policy and it covered pretty much all occurrences. And then that steadily started being chipped away as insurers decided they weren't in the insurance business anymore. They were in the risk management business. And so things got a little more restricted more than a generation ago when insurers started excluding flood. And then the federal government came up with the federal flood insurance program. And now insurers are excluding earthquakes unless you buy extra coverage. And thing by thing, risk by risk, insurers are saying, it's not worth the risk to us. We're out of that business. This is all you get from us now. And you got to buy these other supplemental coverages. And now there's such Uh, It's almost, it's not a part-time job, but it requires more than just calling and getting quotes. You really have to think about the risks that you're taking on and how to manage those risks. And I'm looking at a brand new chart that was developed by something called First Street Foundation that shows the fire risk that now exists in different parts of the country. So we already have this thing where we know about California with the brutal fires, but then we're hearing about these ugly out of control fires in more and more places. It was just one a while ago in New Mexico that was really bad. Colorado's had some, and you look at the map and where is there more fire danger with great population than anywhere else in America? Florida. Yeah. And particularly South Florida, both the East Coast and the West Coast of Florida, terrible, terrible enhanced fire danger. Guess what else happens in that part of Florida? Extreme hurricane risk, windstorm damage, whatever you want to call it. And so we as homeowners or as prospective homeowners face more and more of a challenge with being able to find good homeowners insurance from reputable companies at premiums we can afford. And so when you're in an area subject to things like extreme fire danger, fire risk, uh, flood risk, hurricane risk, you have to factor in those costs. Not as much fun as looking at, wow, look at this great room. Can you believe this bathroom in the primary bedroom? I mean, man, look at this bathroom. It's like we're living in a palace. I mean, that's the stuff we look at because a home is our dream. But I hate to intrude on that with a little bit of the reality. You really got to think through what all the costs are going to be. Now, the number one recommendation I have for you, if you're going to buy in a market where homeowner's insurance is going to be really pricey, that the lever you can pull is by living with a much higher deductible. And this is a smart thing to do anyway, is to lower the premiums by having a higher deductible. Because the other facet 
of you buying a home, owning a home, is that the insurer doesn't want anything to do with you if you make a claim. Uh, Often it's referred to as use it and lose it. The purpose of homeowner's insurance has changed. You cannot use it for routine kind of events. You have to use it only for a catastrophic occurrence. Because if you have a pattern of using it for smaller claims, they're going to give you the heave-ho. And then you've got to think about these layers I was talking about. And that is, what does a homeowner's insurance policy actually cover more relevant? What does it not cover? Do you need to buy flood insurance based on where your home is? Do you need to buy specialized windstorm coverage, hurricane coverage? Do you need to buy, based on where you live, earthquake coverage? Because remember, what I started with, more and more these insurers are cutting out coverage for various aspects that you thought would be covered by your homeowner's insurance policy, and they're not. I don't tell you all this to be Debbie Downer. I tell you because you'll know now before the chips are down. And one last brief mention of something I talked about a while back, the new federal flood insurance system is phasing in and there will be people that see lower premiums and there will be people who are in areas that are judged to be very high risk that are going to face significantly higher premiums for flood. Federal flood insurance program has not been inflation adjusted, covers up to a quarter million dollars of damage at your home and it is a policy that is expensive but if you are in an area prone to floods it is well worth having to my right my long-term producer krista you in 2009 Mm -hmm. experienced a thousand year flood what was known as a theoretical thousand year not a hundred year flood Thousand. thousand year flood that destroyed your home and you went through a emotional and financial challenge that was unbelievable. And I saw how strong a person you were from how you were able to navigate what seemed like an impossible situation 13 years ago. Unlucky well, 13 Honestly, years ago. Honestly, though, I mean, we were very lucky. Like, we were able to, you know, move on from the situation and we were covered with insurance for most of the stuff we had to do. So, in the end, it ended up, it's just a house and it's just stuff. So it was a good lesson. But hear me now, believe me later, have the coverages you need to have, but have that high deductible so you're never tempted for those smaller claims. I, I only want to, uh, I don't even want to characterize what smaller claims are because I don't want people to have a hard event or pass out if they're standing instead of sitting. <laughs> we'll wait for somebody to right. ask me that question, then I can freak them out. Well, this is related from Sue in Florida. I am an insurance agent in Florida, and it is so hard with all the rate increases. Would you please let the public know how a wind mitigation inspection will save them on their premiums? All right, Sue, thank you. Thank you. This hasn't come up. I don't think it's come up in the last two years. There are a lot of situations with insurers that if you have an inspection done, some of the insurers will provide an inspector for free. Some 
on higher value policies mandate an inspection. And there will be things that they may suggest you do, some they'll require you do. Um, In situations like in Florida, they may not even be willing to insure you unless you do some of those things. But in many cases, doing the mitigation things that you're asked to do by the inspector will qualify you for a lower premium because you're lowering the risk to them of being your insurer. And from Mars in New York, are there really surveys you can get paid for or is it a scam? I've read a few where they'll send you a product and then you get paid for that review. Okay, so where they supposedly will send you free products, uh, not so much. That could occasionally happen, but we have actually tested at Clark.com a number of these survey opportunities, and we've only tested ones that are legit, that are not scams, and you're not going to make a lot of money. Um, the promise is that you can get a uh, huge dollar value in free products or that you can earn a lot of money per hour. They are not true. It is true, though, that there are survey companies that will pay you effectively. Gosh, I mean, they work out typically to be less than minimum wage if you were to calculate on an hourly basis what you will earn. But there are legitimate ones. If you want to see it, just go to Clark.com in our search box, put in surveys for money and skip all the ads that'll pop up right there and go to our article about the survey companies we've tested and what we were actually able to make as we tested them for you. From Terry in Georgia, have you heard of the Blitzy Bug, a device allegedly developed by Elon Musk for repelling and killing mosquitoes? I'm wondering if you've checked out the claims they have made and if it's worth the purchase. Yeah, so Elon Musk has nothing to do with this. And gosh, people want to either credit or blame Elon Musk right now (laughs) for everything, don't they? Have you seen, by the way, how much his income, how much his net worth has dropped? No. Okay, he's, he's had a drop in his net worth in the last little while since the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine that is more than most any thousand people who are very, very successful in the world added all together. They will never have as much money as he's just lost recently. He's lost 40% of his net worth. Anyway, I digress. Elon Musk did not evince the blitzy bug. And there are all these devices out there that claim that they are able to get rid of mosquitoes, kill them for you. And they look just like this. It's like when you had that question recently about the device oh, the you plug, plug in into device the car. in the car. Yeah. When you look at this, like on an Amazon or another place, you can see devices that look exactly the same, but they have different brands on them. Yeah. So this one is not supposed to be, um, even though it's touted as something magical, there are many others that people tout as magical. And I don't know of any that have been incredibly successful. A lot of people use those services that basically uh, spray fog your yard. And then there are people that are worried about environmental issues Mm -hmm. with that. The mosquito thing's a tough one. It is. And I don't have a perfect answer for you and how to get rid of the mosquitoes. Mosquitoes don't seem to like biting me do they seek you out um they like me but they really love my husband (laughs) so if i'm near him he tends to get bitten 
Okay. Well, I've been fortunate that way. And by the way, I want to thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. And if you're not aware, we offer free, and we've done so for nearly 30 years, one-on-one consumer advice, information, and guidance. It's available 30 hours each week. You can see how to talk with a member of the Team Clark Consumer Action Center one-on-one for free if you go to clark.com slash CAC.